turn in your Bibles to uh, the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter number 14. Revelation 14. And while you're getting there, I'm, I'm going to more teach through this, I think, today than, than preach through it, although I'm really hoping to get a good application. This is, a, this is a, honestly a tough one for me, okay? And I'll, I'll explain that a little bit more as we go. Um, but as you're getting there, you know, there was, a, there was about five different things that I said really, are, it's not in every single instance where the gospel is talked about, but you see them a whole lot over and over what what were those what were those things that that we had talked about king all right so it's about the king and his kingdom right and if you notice even um i was looking i, I believe it's in mark um i don't know it's in matthew too it says uh, it's the gospel of the kingdom is what even uh, some of the gospels call it it's the gospel of the kingdom all right we talked, what else was another one? We talked about it last week. Resurrection. All right, so it's um, uh, the cross event, right? So the gospel is about Jesus coming, taking our sin upon him, dying on the cross, but praise God he didn't stay dead, Right? He rose again. Repentance? Okay. Um, I think that's kind of in here. Um, or actually, but oh, wait. Think of a couple more. Judgment? Okay. I thought I heard you say that earlier. Power. So, um, notice so many times the gospel is, is preached and there's signs and wonders accompanying. Right? Matthew 28, 19, and 20 is. Okay, but you got to do what first to get there? Okay. So these, like I said, not every time, okay, but so much when you see the gospel message, the gospel refer, re referenced in the, especially in the New Testament, even going back to the Old Testament, you know, we looked in Isaiah. The, there's the, these instances, it's about the king in his kingdom. It's about the cross events and, and you know, the repentance that comes with that, recognizing that Jesus is the one who came and, and died on the cross for our sins. He rose again, you know, beating death and hell in the grave, right, victorious. It's also about judgment, right? We, uh, and actually, we're going to look at part of that this morning. And it's about going. Uh, it's about power. So much of the gospel... Um, getting dripped on or hmm. 
so much, you know, the gospel is accompanied so many times by signs and wonders. You know, it, I heard somebody say, that, you know, that the signs and wonders, the healings, are, is the dinner bell for the lost. You know, they they're attracted, but then once they get there, you've got the um, you've got the message that has to get out. Right? It's also about going. It's about all of us going into our, you know, the world that God has given to us, our spheres of influence, wherever that might be, and being able to share the message. Right, look at, um, look at, look at verse, uh, Revelation 14. Did I say 14? Okay. Revelation 14. Let's look at verse 6. And I saw another angel flying in mid-heaven, having an eternal gospel to preach to those who live on the earth and to every nation, every tribe and tongue and people. Now, wait, pause before you go any further. What does gospel mean? Good news, right? Gospel equals good news. Right, now let's look at this. He's got an eternal gospel, the good news. Verse 7. He said with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come. What? Is that good news? Well, it's got to be. Right? Because it just said it's the gospel. The hour of his judgment has come. How is that good news? Well, throughout, throughout Scripture, let me, I want to make sure, I've, I've mentioned this a number of times, I want to make sure that this is a major theme throughout Scripture, okay? God saves his people and judges his enemies. God saves his people and judges his enemies. That's a major theme throughout scripture. Okay? So, what what is good news about his, the hour of his judgment has come? Well, God is saving his people and he's judging his enemies. The God is, now, I want you all to remember uh, a couple things about, about God. Number one, um, God is, is free. He's sovereign. He's free. He can do what he wants to. Now, he chooses to um, hold himself into the confines of his word. But God is completely free. He's not going to sin. He can't sin, right? He's holy. He doesn't lie. He, he can't lie, all right? But he's free, and he can choose to do what he wants to do. So I'm, I, what I'm talking about today is how he generally works, but he can choose to work out of those bounds if he wants to, Okay. But also, number two, God is always gracious. He's full of grace and mercy. He cannot act any other way except to be full of grace and mercy. That's part of his character. It is also part of his character that he is holy and that he judges, he saves his people and judges his enemies. He would much rather that you be his people than his enemies. That's what he wants, is for you to be his people. But there comes a point where 
Somebody has given, given the grace and grace and grace and grace and grace. And ultimately he says, I can't give any more grace. All right? So the, the good news is that God is, is saving his people and, and judging his enemies. Let me, let me tell you, I want to give a little bit of background for this, this actual passage. We can't go too in-depth because otherwise I'm going to end up preaching the whole book of Revelation and we just can't do that tonight, to this morning, okay? Or we'd be here till tonight. Um, but I want to give a little bit of background. Um, the, the, the book of Revelation is, a lot of people call it the, the apocalypse, right? Apocalypsis is, is, just means revelation. Um, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Um, Jesus gave a... Um, the main, the, the major prophecy that Jesus gave uh, was out of Matthew 24, uh, Luke 21, and Mark 13. It's called the Olivet Discourse, right? And see it, what it looks like and what I, I believe is that the, that those prophecies, okay, that except for one, but recorded in the three um, synoptic gospels, Mark, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, right? It's, it's a small it's, that's the small apocalypse. That's the small. That's the, the the small version. John has the big version. Okay. Jesus, and not saying that it's not. Jesus. They, they recorded what Jesus said. Okay, but then John. Notice it doesn't appear in John, the Gospel of John, but John wrote the big book, right? And so he gets another revelation. He gets the the the, the longer revelation. But um, part of what here, I want to show you this out of uh, flip over to Matthew twenty four real quick, right? Because this this is this plays into this. this is, if if Jesus did this, and we're supposed to, supposed to be like Jesus, right? We're never going to be Jesus, but we're supposed to be as much like him as we can be, and how we give the gospel, how we go. He's supposed to be our example, right? Right, Matthew 24. Um, let me read the first uh, few verses. Jesus came out, uh, by, by the way, it, um, th- I know this isn't rocket science, but uh, Matthew 23 comes right before Matthew 24. We, we, can we all agree with about that? Okay. Matthew 24 doesn't just stand on its own. Part of the story is Matthew 23. Jesus is give, Jesus gives a whole list of woes to the, the scribes and Pharisees. All right, um, he says in verse thirty-seven of, of twenty-three, he says, "Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her? How often I wanted you to gather your children together the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were you were unwilling. Behold, your house is being left to you desolate. For I say to you, from now on, you uh, you will not see me until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord." Jesus came out from the temple and was going away when his disciples came up to, up to point out the temple buildings to him. And he said to them, Do you not see all these things? Truly I say to you, not one stone here will be left upon another, which will not be torn down. He was sitting on the Mount of Olives. The disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, 
When will these things happen? What will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age? And so he starts to um, go through and says that wars will come, and many will come in, uh, uh, saying, I'm the Christ, and will mislead many. There will be wars. Nation will rise up against nation, kingdom against kingdom. They will deliver you to tribulation. They will kill you. They'll, you'll be hated by all the nations. And look at verse 14. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. By the way, the whole world there is the whole known world. It's talking about the, the whole Roman world. Okay, so even Jesus, he, he, he gives a prophetic word that is all about judgment. And he sticks in there that this gospel of the kingdom has to go out before the end comes. Now, why, I'm going to tell you why I believe this is so important. Um, and then I'm going to get into a little bit more of um, hopefully how, how we can apply this in the different ways that it applies. See, see God is a, is a just God. That's who he is. He's just. He doesn't, uh, okay, if you, if you were to be, well, let's say where they, they were to change the, um, the speed limit on Main Street here, and they dropped it down to 10 miles an hour, but they didn't tell anybody. They just started pulling everybody over. No signs, no nothing. You start pulling everybody over and getting tickets. Where are you going above the speed limit? What's the speed limit? 10 miles an hour. Well, I don't see a sign, so would that be just? No, of course not. God is just, right? He is just. He is not, now, like I said, he can do whatever he wants to, whenever he wants to. But generally, he does not judge a people or a group without warning them. Who is it that warns them? His people. That's why the gospel must have an element of the judgment of the Lord in it. And it's not going to be every time. Notice these are these are tools. These are tools for your for your toolkit. But it, it's kind of like it's kind of like this. Um, anybody know what a cheater bar is? Huh? So a cheater bar, oftentimes it, it's it's a longer bar that you can stick like on a wrench. You know, instead of like pulling on this you stick a cheater bar on it's like you know that lever if you give me a lever long enough I can move the world right so you stick it and then you just some little little force in it and the whole thing moves right if you have that cheater bar available but you never use it you're going to be working a lot harder right, this is another tool in the toolkit that we've got to use I remember um maybe getting ahead of myself just a little bit, but I think in years past that this was something that was, was used a whole lot. And for some reason, I think we've gotten away from it. And I've got a couple of ideas why that is. But speci specifically with individuals, this was used a whole lot. Going back even to uh, Jonathan Edwards. What, what, was, what was his famous sermon that he, he preached up in Enfield? Sinners in the hands of an angry God. 
you were like a spider held over the fire by the thinnest of strings. And you can fall in at any moment, right? And everybody went, I don't want to fall in. <laughs> Please save me. I even remember it's towards the end of the Jesus movement days. I remember going to church when I was really young. And virtually every Sunday, the, the, my pastor would get up there and, said, and he, would, he would pray. And he'd say, if you were to die tonight, or he would say, if you were to get in a car wreck and, and die on the way home from church, do you know where you're going to go? You die in a car wreck on the way home and you get to the pearly gates, what's God going to say to you? Are you for sure? It's that element of, of there is a judgment in there. And we've gotten away from that quite a bit. I think some of it is, you know, we don't even want to discipline kids anymore. There, there shouldn't be any discipline. There shouldn't be any judgment. A lot of times it, there's, there's a push right now even to take hell away. You know, why would a loving God send anybody to hell? The better question is, why would a holy God let anybody into heaven? But there's an element of judgment. So when, when, you, when you look at the, we've kind of gotten away from where I was going, the Olivet Discourse, right, Jesus is, is telling the people of Jerus Jerusalem, okay, and he's, he's explaining it to his disciples. And he said, this place is going to get torn down. Think about the temple building, right? The temple complex was the place where uh, the Jews came, and this was, this was the center of their religious activity, right? Let me, let me tell you. The Jews did not practice the religion of the Old Testament today. They just don't. It's a different religion. How, do I, how can I say that? Because the, whole, the Old Testament was based upon sacrifice. Please, read Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers, and, and you'll pull your hair out at the number of sacrifices. <laughs> if you do this, then you should sacrifice a pigeon. If you do this, you need to sacrifice a lamb. Then you sacrifice a lamb every... Every year at this time, and then if you don't have, if you can't afford a lamb, then you need to take this, and if then you do a wave offering, and then you do, and the whole idea of Judaism was based on this temple, this tabernacle, then the temple complex, and Jesus pronounces this judgment over Jerusalem and says it's all going to be wiped out. The city state of Jer of Israel and Jerusalem and their religious system is going to be completely wiped out. Woom. And for 40 years, God gave them grace. Jesus was there. Jesus preached. John the Baptist before him. said, look, repent, 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 repent. And all of a sudden, they killed Jesus. And still his followers said, repent, 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 repent. To a point that God said, okay, a generation's enough. And in AD 70, Rome came in, surrounded Jerusalem, and wiped the entire thing clean. Now, history tells us that the 
Christians, in fact, they, what, what, they, what it says is not a single Christian perished in the siege of Jerusalem because they listened to the prophecy of Jesus. They listened to the prophecy of Jesus and there was a time Jerusalem was surrounded, then they withdrew for a little bit, all the Jews went, yeah, we win, we win, and all the Christians said, I'm taking off. They fled. Rome came back and wiped them out. Wiped them out. But the Christians listened to Jesus and they got out of town and they survived. Okay, what was what what was the whole aspect here? They Jesus was saying, Look, I want you to repent. But judgment's coming if you don't. I want you to repent, but judgment's coming if you don't. The Jews persecuted the church, persecuted the church, persecuted the church, persecuted the church throughout that first uh, you know, 40 years after Jesus died until in the book of Revelation, it says, now is the time for judgment. The gospel has gone forth. Now is the time. Rejoice, for I have... Um, uh, He's saving his people and judging his enemies. In fact, if you go on, um, it talks about the next verse in Revelation 14. It um, calls um, it calls Israel there Babylon, and I can show you why I believe that's talking about Israel later. If you want me to do that, but they Babylon was the place where. The Jews went into exile, then God brought them out, and ultimately Babylon was um, was judged. But um, let me talk more a little bit more about um, the judgment, because there there are different aspects of having the judgment in the gospel message, um, and some of those things that we need to enter into, and some of them. Maybe not so much, but we need to make sure that we know about them and know that they're there. Uh, so number one, uh, the scope of the judgment is, um, let me move this over here. There can be an, a national scope, a national scope, all right? That's what this verse right here, you're, you're just reading in, in Revelation 14, um, it, it's a whole, it's a national thing again, chapter 14, verse 6. God said, and he said in a loud voice, Fear God, give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made heaven and earth and the sea and the springs of water. Another angel, a second one, followed, saying, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She who has made all the nations drink of of the wine and passion of her immorality. So it's a national scope, Right? It's it's a it's judgment on a nation. Now think about think about it this way, um, Jonah, he went to where? Nineveh, Nineveh right? Didn't want to go. He he he, went, he had to go to the mortal enemies of of Israel, but did did he just go into Nineveh and say, "Hey guys, God loves you. I want you to know God loves you so much, and He wants you to follow Him." Now what did he say? 
He said, in three days, you all are toast. That's it. Three days, and you're done for. And, all, and you know, Nineveh said, we're going to repent. Sackcloth and ashes, everybody tear your clothes. I don't want anybody, everybody fast and pray. And then Jonah gets really upset, right? God, why didn't you just level them, right? We can't be in the same place as Jonah, okay? But they repented because Jonah went in there and said, judgment's coming. Okay, that's a national scope. You see it over and over throughout the Old Testament. It's a national scope. And it is, uh, there's, there's two aspects. There's, there's temporal and eternal judgment, okay? It's more, it's, it's both a lot of times. It's temporal Meaning, it, it's, it's not just that um, repent because when you die, you're going to go to hell. It is, God's going to wipe you off the face of off the map. There will be no more. Okay? That is, that's temporal. By the way, we, we've seen this in our time. Okay? Um, East Germany went off the map in a day. Right? That's God. Only God can do that. Now, God can do it without firing a shot. And he can do it where the church prays and all of a sudden he says, okay, I'm going to take care of it. Okay, that is, that's evidence of the church. And I, I, heard, I heard in East Germany you know, as soon as that wall came down, and, and churches sprang up everywhere, boom, because the church, the, the church had been there praying, say, God, would you would you take care of this for us? It wasn't a war. God just said, Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna judge Russia. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna set you free. National. Um, it can be it can be a city. You know, like I just was talking about with all of it discourse. You know, it, it was kind of a city-state, but it's, um, you know, it was Jerusalem specifically. It's Jerusalem. I'm going to wipe you off the map if you don't do this. So it can be city-wide or a region. It could be a church. Flip over to uh, uh, ver- chapter 2. couple, three pages over. Two, five. This is to the church at Ephesus. Therefore, remember from where you have fallen and repent and do the deeds you did at first or else I'm coming to you and will remove your lampstand out of its place unless you repent. What does that mean? You will cease to be a church. I'm taking your lampstand out unless you repent. By the way, I have I have seen this um, this happen. I was at a church years ago, and uh, we had a lady in the church who um, she got a word, and is is really kind of one of those uh, most unlikely of sources. That wasn't somebody who was, you know, really prominent in the church or somebody you know, uh, the wife of, a, of one of the pastors or just 
a lady in the church. She got she got a word, and it was a harsh word. So she checked it with um, a friend who a friend of the church, a missionary that we supported, who um, uh, really an apostolic guy from Africa, and then checked it with one of the uh, trustees, one of the board members, and uh, they both said, "Yep, that's God. Get it." So she she wrote it out and she gave it to all three pastors, to a um, senior pastor, and then I was on staff, another guy on staff. And the word basically said this, um, you haven't treated the pastors that I've sent to you very well, and um, I'm going to, I'm, I'm taking off if you don't, if you don't straighten up. And that's it in a nutshell. I tried to actually, the, the word's packed, I kept it. And so we, we kind of sat down and talked about it, and uh, the senior pastor went, you know, I don't think, she, I, I think she missed the mark. And, uh. I took it. I put it. In a, I put it. In a, I just. I just put it on the shelf. And um, kept it though. I just kind of put it on the shelf because I. I thought there might be something to it. And then a couple years or so later, we had a guy come in, apostolic guy from Mexico. Um, he started uh, prophesying over the church and prophesied Isaiah five over the church. You know Isaiah five. Isaiah five is is the great. Hey, I've I've planted a vineyard and you didn't produce fruit. And I'm going to come in and wipe you out. And I went, oh, that's not good. Everybody's like, yay, prophetic word. I'm going, that's a really a bad word. That church is no longer in existence. Church isn't dead. In fact, um, uh, years later, I was talking to Humphrey because he knew the the church. And he said, whatever happened there? And I said, well, here's this word. And I read it to him. And he went, oh, okay, I get it. God will deal with the church leader. And he will, he will send, he, he, he sends a warning. Because he's just. He's a just God. And he will send a warning. And he will give you an opportunity to get yourself right. Whether that is nationally or citywide or a church this is a more of a temporal he said uh, do I, I think the people that were at the church they're going to heaven they love the lord they just weren't acting right this isn't a you're going to, you're going to go to hell for the rest of your life for the rest of eternity this was your church isn't acting right i'm going to wipe your church out which by the way this is a church of well over 400 people. They had, in 20 plus years, they'd given um, over a million dollars to missions. They had almost a million dollars in the bank and had a budget of almost a million dollars. And they don't exist anymore. And that's, that's God. Um, it can also be you know, on an individual basis. Look at same chapter. We'll go down a few verses to chapter 2, verse 20. I have this against you. This is um, to the church of Thyatira. I have this against you, that you tolerate the woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, and she teaches and leads my bondservants astray so that they commit acts of immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, and she does not want to repent of her immorality. Behold, I'll throw her on a bed of sickness, and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, lest they repent of her, of her deeds. 
I will kill her children with pestilence. All the churches will know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts, and I will give to each one of you according to your deeds. But I say to you, the rest who are in Thyatira, who do not hold this teaching, who have not known the deep things of Satan, as they call them, I place no other burden on you. You see that? It's an, it's an individual. It's to a church, but he's, they're not saying, the entire church, I'm, if, you don't, if you don't get everything straight, I'm going to wipe the entire church out. It's, no, no, no. There's certain ones in that church who are causing trouble, and they will be under judgment if they don't get everything straight. Now, remember, this is New Testament stuff. Okay? These, these are letters to actual churches. Don't think of this as, don't put this book as, you know, something you know, that out of, you know, the uh, 2030 newspaper. Right? These are letters to churches. And this is Jesus, you know, through John, saying, look, straighten up. Judgment is needs to be part of the gospel message. As I said, it's can be temporal, can be eternal. You know, when you talk about eternal judgment, and, and I, I said that what God does is He will give everybody a warning. And, and for for individuals, um, if you look at in, in like Romans chapter one, it talks about that the the creation testifies. That's how everyone can be held accountable um, for their personal salvation is because God inherit in creation testifies that there is a God. And I believe that if somebody searches well enough and hard enough, God will reveal himself to them. I've seen that happen. A, a missionary friend of ours um, he was brought up Muslim, and he heard about Jesus, and he said, he asked him one day, he said, I need to know, is Muhammad right, or is Jesus right? If you're real, tell me. And he heard a verse come to his mind, and he found a Bible, he opened it up, and it said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he said, okay, I'll follow you, Jesus. You're right, Muhammad's not right, I'll follow you. Right? But he was seeking, and God let himself be found. All right? So even creation testifies. So there is a testimony so that everyone there is, is held accountable for their own salvation. But when it comes to a greater, more of a temporal, God will put out there a, uh, a message. And if we do not carry that message, if we do not give that message out, And God's not going to do His work. I think that um, I think a lot of times we're not seeing the transformation of people in society because we're not giving the full message of the kingdom out. There is a king. There is a king. He's reigning and ruling, and he wants the entire world to come underneath his reign and rule. Our job is to give the good news and also to say, if you don't come underneath the reign of the king, you're in trouble. 
I mean, let me let me end with this. It's one of my. I, I've pulled this out before, but I want you all to see this because it, it's really appropriate. Go to the second Psalm. The second Psalm. Psalm number two, starting in verse seven, it says, I will surely tell of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, so this is, this is Jesus speaking, right? I will tell of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. When, when did that happen? At the resurrection, okay. Jesus, when he when Jesus rises from the dead, um, in that's that's uh, Romans chapter one, also in Acts thirteen. Um, so, uh, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will surely give the nations as your inheritance, the very ends of the earth as your possession. You'll break them with a rod of iron. You shall shatter them like earthenware. Know therefore, now therefore, O kings, show discernment. Take warning, O judges of the earth. Worship the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. Do homage to the Son that he not become angry and you perish in the way, for his wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. So we have a message. Now, can, can I take a step back real quickly? It's not for all of us to go around and declaring, okay, uh, I don't want us to all show up at the next town council meeting and tell the mayor, you all are about to be judged and be wiped off the face of the earth. Okay? Please don't do that. All right? That's, that's, not, that's not the message, right? This, when it comes to large scale like this, number one, it takes apostolic and prophetic people to really discern these messages. Okay? Now, what can happen is you can get a group of churches. Let's say all the churches in Wyndham area start discerning all together and saying, you know what? Something bad's happening. And we need to, we need to send a warning. Okay? And so all the churches come together and say, we need to start sending a warning out that something bad's about to happen if this place doesn't repent. That can happen, or it can come from apostolic and prophetic people who will, who will start declaring things, look, y'all need, need to get straight. But it, it com this, com this is something that comes underneath authority. And oftentimes, um, you know, it could happen with a group, not just like a single church, but we're talking about the church the whole church in the area that knows this, all right? So, but I want us, when something comes along like this, um, that may come down the line, but then it's our job to give the message. For example, I think the church in the United States missed a huge opportunity with the, with, uh, the pandemic. I think that was God giving a warning shot. God was giving a warning shot uh, over, I think, all the world, but a lot with the United States. Hey, guys, look, I'm up here, and 
something can get really, really bad if you don't do something about it. And I think for the most part, the, um, the, the church and the country went, what can we, what can we, let's not look to God. Let's look to something else. It could be anything else but God. Right? Instead of saying, you know what? There's a God and we need to turn to him right now. And I think the church missed a huge, huge, and I'm not saying you guys, I'm saying the church in the, in the entire country um, missed a huge opportunity. And there were some that said, there were, there were absolutely some that were out there saying this very thing. But I think the, the entire church in the, in the entire country should have, with one voice, said, listen, government, now is the time to turn. Now is the time to turn. It can get really, really bad, or we can all repent and see what happens. So when the time comes, that's when our voice needs to be heard. Okay? But as we share individually, this is where more than, more than um, anything, this aspect of judgment comes in the gospel message. Okay? Because we're going to be sharing with people individually, and we need to be able to take this tool out of our toolbox. If, you've, if you're in the evangelism Bible study, um, this is something that, um, I'm blanking on the guy's name. Yeah, Ray Comfort, thank you. Ray, this, uh, he, he has an element of this. He, he goes up and he'll talk to people and, and say, look, have you broken these commandments? Well, yeah. I've, have you lied? Yeah, I've lied before. Have you stolen anything? Well, yeah, well, yeah, I, I did. You know, hey, have you ever done X, Y, Z? Did you did you ever disobey your parents? Well, yeah. Well, you, so you are. At, but, but, but what do you think God's going to say if you when, when you get up to His throne and He says, "Did you? Why should I let you in?" There's an element there of, of, look, there is a holy God and you are in deep trouble because you, have, you are not holy. That's that element of, of judgment. Now, now, is that a tool that you take out every time? Probably not. But you need it in your toolbox. And I think it's one that we've not taken out enough. We have not, we've not told people, look, if you died today and you get to the judgment seat of God, what's he going to say? Is he going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant? Or is he going to say, I never knew you. Depart from me. Matthew 25, I think 2 Corinthians chapter says we will all appear before the, the throne the seat of judgment and for the fear of God we persuade people right so I want us to make sure that we have this tool in our toolbox it's a tool for nations it's a tool for cities and regions it's a tool for churches I tell you, there's some churches that need to close the doors because they don't they don't worship God. 
and I really wish they would take church out of their name. They want to get together and just be a, be a, a group. So you know, they may not, I may not like the group, but at least take church out of their name. Or Jesus. Make sure that I don't want my Jesus associated with that, some of that stuff. Right? And God will, God will take care of that, but a lot of times we need to have that voice to say, God's going to take care of you guys if you all don't repent. He's just. He wants us to have that voice with people. And this word's going to come down to it more than anything. Individually, we have to bring people to a point of decision. And we need to let them know God is a holy God. So there's a choice. And if you make it out of fear, that's fine. If you want fire insurance, that's the first step, and that's okay. It may not be the best reason, but it is a reason, and that's okay. Take the first step. When you get to the, the throne of judgment, is he going to say, well done, I knew you, you walked with me? Or is he going to say, I never knew you, depart from me? And we've got to bring people to that point. And I say, I, I need to do that more. I need to preach some of those harder messages. I need to bring people to the point and say, look, there is a decision to make. It's not just about, it is about his love. It's not just about the love. It's about saying, there's a heaven and there's a hell, and you're going to make a choice which one you're going to. And you need to make that choice even today. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close now. I'm going I'm to pray for us. And here's, here's what I want to pray, okay, is that the Lord will use us with this. That I, I, so this is more of a I want you to, m- to make you aware of message so that God can use us with it. Whether that is speaking to rulers and authorities, whether that is on a one-on-one basis, that God will open doors for us to make a difference in society. One person at a time or, like I said, as, as we go and we just we're able to proclaim God's message to even to cities or nations. So, Father, thank you, Lord, for me. I, I want to, Lord, I, I want to repent. I, I've left this out of the gospel message too much, and I know better. Lord, forgive me for not including this in the gospel message. Lord, so that you can justly deal with cities and states and nations. Lord, I pray that the message will go forth. And if, there, if there's a message that you need to, to, to send out, Lord, I pray that you'll use us. Whether that's to individuals or churches or to governments, Lord, use us. Lord, we um, 
We can't be more loving than you are. We can't out-love you. We can't out-give you. And Lord, I'm asking that you will give us the same grace that you have, same love that you have for people. Lord, that we do the, that we give the clear message not out of spite or out of anger, but because we love and we love like you. Let us love people enough to give them the full message. Lord, prayed this a number of times recently, but I'm asking, Lord, that you will bring people. Bring people that we can, each one of us, that we can share the gospel with, that we can bring, Lord, I just, Lord, I'm, I'm glad for the seeds. Lord, let us help us to sow many, 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 many seeds. Lord, I'm, I'm looking for a harvest. Lord, give us tomorrow the harvest. That we can bring people to the point of saying, will you make a decision? people to come in to give us some low-hanging fruit that we can build our faith and our confidence and we can see people come to know you for each one of us everyone in here from the oldest to the youngest lord let each one of us lead at least one to know you in, in this next year every single one Use us, Lord. Lord, I pray for boldness, because it's hard. It's hard to say something like this. Hard to preach it. That's why I pray, pray that you'll give boldness to each of us who are speaking to individuals, or if you call us to speak to heads of state somewhere, Lord, give us boldness to speak your word. And Lord, I bless each person here. I bless their families. Lord, I send them out with your message, with your power, with your anointing, that as you bring these people to us, that we will, we will give the full gospel message and that we will see many, many sons and daughters come into glory. bless you guys. See everybody on Wednesday for prayer and then Thursday over at our place at 6 o'clock um, prepared to uh, to get s'more. <laughs> to get s'mored. Um, uh, you might, if we have a few chairs and some, but if you, if you want to bring a, um, like a camp chair or something, uh, that might be might be helpful. Like I said, we've got a few Adirondack chairs and a few other chairs, but a few extra camp chairs would probably be helpful too. You just look like you're on the edge of your seat. You have no, something? No, okay. Okay, good.
All right. God bless you guys.